Welcome back to another episode of Confessions from the Sidelines. And I'm your host, Sarah L. Coward. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank our partners. Privacy laws make it difficult to help your adult children in an emergency. Power of attorney documents for your young adult children is a must-have. These are something you hope you'll never use, but when your adult child has an unexpected health or financial emergency, these documents ensure that you have the power to help. That's why I've partnered with Mama Bear Legal Forms, where they make it easy to obtain the proper documents for you as a parent. Click the link in the show notes and be sure to use the code SLC20, that's SLC20, at Mama Bear Legal Forms to get yours today. Your student has chosen their school, they've got their roommate, and now comes the fun part of decorating their dorm room. Dormify is a one-stop shop for everything you need for your dorm room, from furniture essentials to even some amazing storage options. Dormify has just what you need to make the most out of your dorm room space. Head on over to dormify.com to check things out. Be sure to use the code Sarah L. Cowart, that's S-A-R-A-H-L-C-O-W-A-R-T at checkout. Now, on to today's episode. Y'all, this guest actually needs no introduction, and I am so honored to have Coach Bruce Pearl on the show today. So here is my conversation with head men's basketball coach at Auburn University, Bruce Pearl. Coach, welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, sir. I am so honored to have you. So first off, War Eagle, because let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Absolutely, War Eagle. (laughs) Everybody on the show knows that I finished undergrad at Auburn, actually live in Auburn. And so it is just so special to me and to my family. So thank you for that. Um, Okay, so let's dive right on in. You have been in college athletics for a very long time. And the listeners on the show, a lot of these students and their parents are really trying to navigate, what does this look like? What does this whole like recruiting app, you know, recruiting thing look like? What are we supposed to be doing? Because you and I both know that changed, but I actually want to rewind and talk about how did you end up even in college athletics? Well, you know, Sarah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um, and, you know, I was an, I was an athlete uh, in high school. And quite frankly, up until I was about 15 years old, I was, I was as good an athlete as I was in my age. First kid picked on everything. You know, batted third, pitched, played point guard, played quarterback. Um, and then I got hurt. My, I, I blew out my left knee and and really what was almost a career-ending injury. Now, I continue to play. Um, uh, baseball was probably my most accomplished sport. I loved football and basketball. Uh, went to Boston College, walked on the football team, got cut, walked on the basketball team, made it, but got cut. And um, just wasn't good enough to play. But I started to work at BC as a manager. And I think the life story is, doesn't matter what you're doing, do the best of your ability. And I made myself valuable as a student assistant in every way, shape, or form. And I didn't do it because I wanted a job in it. I did it because I just loved having it be part of my extracurricular activity. God had a plan. Um, And next thing you know, I'm 21 years old. It's March of my senior year, and my head coach gets the Stanford job, and he asked me to go with him as an assistant coach, and I haven't even graduated from college yet. So, um, you know, I think it's I think I think work hard, put yourself in position to take advantage of the opportunities. 
I'll take one more step back. As an athlete, uh, I, I was my gift was uh, helping our team win. I, I was a, I'm a fierce competitor. Um, I keep score, and um, I think that can be really really true in life. Um, and you know, my my senior year um, when I was no longer the best athlete in town, uh, I I I I became class president. And so just take take advantage of your gifts and your skills. For me, it was my ability to lead. And one of the things I tell people all the time, look, we we don't need as many leaders as we need. You know, we don't need as many chiefs as we need Indians. So go be an unbelievable Indian out there. And if you can't be a chief and if you're not a leader, that doesn't make you a failure at all. There are so many things I can't do that other people can do. It's just that one of the things I can do is lead. So that's what I do. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much because I, I think about these high school athletes. They're trying to figure out maybe they're multi-sport athletes. They have all these things going on. And then you guys head on campus recruiting all of this. You and I both know it's not about being the star athlete anymore. There's so many other things. And you're talking about leading and all these other qualities. What are some of those qualities that you guys look for when you're on the road recruiting? I love dimensions. You know, I like guys that have uh, they have a they have some element of greatness, and then I can plug that dimension in uh, to the team, and uh, together we can you know cover all of our bases. Um, you know, I like guys that want to work hard. I like guys that are willing to be coached. I like guys that are tough, not soft, or at least uh, are willing to become tougher. Um, you know, uh, I, I I like guys that are willing to prepare. Um, you know, uh, hard work won't guarantee success, but without hard work, I guarantee you won't have success. It's your choice. Um, and, uh, I, I like guys that are humble and hungry and, um, and, you know, those are some of the things that, that, that we look for. Um, you know, I tell our, I tell our recruits all the time, look, you, you go get the basketball anywhere. There's so many yeah. great coaches in this country, better than me. There's so many, you know, great programs you can get the basketball, but if you want to become a better student athlete, if you want to become a better teammate, if you want to get in a closer relationship with the Lord, uh, if you want to learn how to be a better son um, and are willing, to, if you want to be a better servant, then this would be a great place to come because we're going to pour into you in those areas. And if you're like, you know what, coach, thanks. I got enough of that for my dad or I got enough of that for my church. Uh, I got this. I'm more interested in hoops than, than, than he doesn't need to come play for me. Yeah. Oh, that's, and that's such good advice too, because I start thinking about all of the conversations I had with parents when they were on campus recruiting and those questions and answers that we would, we would have of where we would want to know, okay, what are you looking for? Because you're on campus, you're recruiting. Obviously we want you to come to our school, but then it's more about like, okay, what are the questions that the parents are asking? What are the questions that their kids are asking? What you're looking for? So thinking alongside of that, what are type of the questions that you want to hear from parents and students during like this whole journey? You know, um, obviously, you know, look, all the parents are going to drop the academic questions. They're going to drop the, you know, tutors and mentors and advisors question. You know, they're going to, you know, do uh, the graduation rates, which are very, very important. I asked them to ask coaches about what the APR, what's their academic performance rating? How are they doing? Uh, how many players have they had ineligible? How many players have they graduated? It's team GPA. 
Look, our team GAPA is north of a 3.2 right now, which is the highest it's ever been. I think that's translated into championships because the same discipline that you need in the classroom, you need, you know, to have uh, as you're trying to pursue your degree. Um, Look, I also believe that you can judge me by the company that I keep. Um, What kind of coaches do I hire? What kind of teachers are there? What's their educational background? What's their family background? Um, I'm not in a slick, slick, fast talking recruiters. Uh, that bounce from place to place. My coaches have been here five and six years. They stick um, because they recognize this is a place that is a great place for themselves professionally and their families, and they can have an impact on the lives of student athletes. And so those are, those are separators. And those are the questions I would ask. Uh, Look, if we had one player transfer last year, there are four guys are transferring per year, per team every year. I just having a lot of guys transfer, which I think means that the kids are happier at Auburn. Why? Because it's a great place. Mm-hmm. And you want to put your kid in that environment. Yeah. Oh, that's such good. And would you say, too, as far as like thinking of a transfer portal and the transfer students, like, is that a question that you want to hear parents ask when they're in the room with you? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind talking about it. I absolutely. It's a, it's a factor of the of uh, look, transferring can be a good thing. It's not a negative thing. But when it's running wild and rampant and, you you know, you're recruiting five or six or seven every year, that's a there's a problem with that program. Look, I believe iron sharpens iron, but it gets to the point where, look, I'd rather I'd rather pour into my kids. I'd rather develop it. I'd rather have them be lo- I'd rather be loyal to them and let them be loyal to me rather than just have it be a revolving door. Oh, that's such a good like transition to one of my next questions, because, you know, we see a lot of the bright and shiny about college athletics on the media, especially social media nowadays. So what do you give, like what advice do you give to your student athletes to really help them stay focused on the end goal? On what else? Stay focused on on what? On their end End goal. goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, first of all, 99% of what goes on in intercollegiate athletics is fantastic. Um, College scholarships, uh, in so many ways has made this country uh, a better place. Academic scholarships, athletic scholarships, look, it broke the color barrier in so many ways. You had you had inner city kids, you had rural kids in America coming because they were talented athletes. They never might have gone to college before. Maybe they couldn't afford it. Maybe they weren't thinking they were smart enough. They got here. They got caught up. Uh, it brought women to campus at a greater number. Uh, it just created more diversity in so many ways. And that's a really good thing. And it gave, it gave, gave so many people in our population that were underserved uh, an opportunity to get caught up and, and realize the goals and dreams of what is the greatest country um, in America. Um, The focus is simply this. I'd like to tell the story of Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith, who came in as the most talented high school player that I've ever recruited highest ranked and left as the highest ranked player I've ever had drafted three last year. Jabari just wanted to come in and be a great teammate. He wanted to come in and get better. And he wanted to win championships. And so he wasn't worried about where he was going to get drafted. He wasn't worried about his minutes or his shots. And he may have been, but that wasn't his focus. I want to get better. I want to be an unbelievable teammate, which means I want to be, I want to get to know these guys. I want to be friends with these guys. I want to, I want to build lifelong relationships with them. Cause if we're close off the court, we're going to be close on the court. Uh, I got work to do. I got to get my body right. And then just when you when when their only focus for the game is about winning, that means you've got to guard as well as score. That means you've got to be unselfish. How do you train? 
and, and that is the way you stay focused on the end game. Don't worry about the end result. Focus on the process. Mm-hmm. What are the things I got to do to win? And then the end results will take care of themselves. Oh, that's that's such good. Just wise wisdom of thinking. Because, you know, these kids, they're out here thinking, oh, I'm going to be like the top recruit out of my high school and doing all this stuff when they're in ninth grade. And they're already thinking of that when they got to actually roll it back and go, actually, I need to be the best teammate now Right at 14, not That's thinking, right. what am I going to do in four years? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, coach. So I always like to ask, let's talk about the name, image, and likeness, because that has now become a huge portion of this whole recruiting process. Yep. How do parents navigate that with their students when we're talking of these kids who are 14, 15 years old? Well, Again, it's not something they should be worrying about when they're 14 or 15 years old. Like you said, they should be worrying about trying to have the best grade point average they can, train the right way, eat the right foods, get the proper rest, uh, you know, do the things they need to do to be to be successful first and foremost. And then as far as naming image and like, it's just look at it as it's a realistic scholarship. You know, it just it's going to allow you to, you know, you know, but but you're to do the things that you want to do and be compensated for it. But listen, um, if you're not good in the class, if you're not a good player, if you're not eligible, if you're not working on your game and your body and, you know, then, then it's going to it's going to cost you. You're not going to do as well in the area of name, image and likeness. I'm glad that we have a more realistic scholarship now. I'm glad that our student athletes are able to not call home for money, but actually send money home. I'm glad they can start investing. They're going to understand uh, they're going to stand that uh, they got to pay about 38 to 42 percent of the income they earn back to the federal government. That's amazing. You know, when you start working and you, you know, you're getting paid, you know, let's say $10 an hour for round, you're running and you, you're thinking you work 10 hours, you know, you're going to get a hundred bucks. And all of a sudden your check is 65. You go, what is, whoa, what happened? whoa, welcome, welcome to America. Right. <laughs> well, and to it, I think that that's such a good point you brought up is like, you know, we talk about on the show, headcount sports against equivalency sports and men's and women's basketball at the division one level are a headcount sport. But I think a lot of people don't understand that when it comes down to it, it's that room and board, tuition, fees, all of that, and a little bit of cost of attendance. But still, when we have student athletes who are not able to go get a job that's 20 hours a week, this is such a big benefit for them. And even going back to what you said, like, what a great financial lesson, too, and learning what it's going to look like long term for you. And they've earned it. They've earned it. And I know it's People worry about whether it's sustainable. They're worried about it's pay for play. They're worried about a lot of who's got the advantage in recruiting. I get all that, but in the long run, it's in the best interest of the student athletes. So I think we're going to, we're going to be able to navigate this uh, in such a way where if we keep that as our focus, um, but I think for the student athlete, they got to continue to go back to being the best student athlete they can. And then as a result, they'll be putting themselves in the best position to benefit from NIL, not the other way around. Oh, Don't that's be great at the NIL and focus on that and lose sight of why you're on scholarship. Yeah. Oh, that's such good advice too. And thinking about how parents can have that conversation with their students too, as they're making that transition from high school to college. All right. So coach, you know, the podcast is called Confessions with the Sidelines. What is your favorite memory of standing? Well, and I guess we could say courtside, right? Instead of the sidelines. <laughs> Oh, um, well, I, I got, I guess, two. 
but one goes back to my my senior year in high school. Uh, I was I was injured uh, my senior year in high school. Could not play football, and so uh, I, I I was an assistant coach for Fred LaChapelle. He was one of my favorite coaches, and he was the freshman football coach, giant of a man. And uh, we were scrimmaging, and the ball came loose, uh, and it was a fumble situation. And we weren't really playing very hard. The guys were – they were just kind of slopping through it and going through the motion. It was kind of a wet day, so the field was muddy. And when that ball came out, within an instant, nobody really made an aggressive play on it. So I did. And I got down to that bottom of that pile with no equipment on, and I come up with that ball, and I went batshit crazy on that team, you know, because nobody, nobody's willing to get, you know, nobody was willing to get dirty, and that was sort of been the sort of been the story of my coaching, you know, career and and my life, um, you know, and I guess the only other great sideline moment uh, would be prior to uh, the tip at the Final Four. Um, Stephen, my son, got me to half court. And he said, Dad, just do me a favor. He said, just look around. You know, just look around the building. Just stop for a second. You know, did you ever think, you know, that we would get here? Um, and then he just said something to me about what he thought about me. And that'll keep that'll be between me and him. Uh, but that was uh, a pretty special sideline moment. Those are always such great memories of thinking. And I've spent most of my career standing on the sidelines watching student athletes develop. And I always love hearing y'all story as coaches and bringing those to the table. Well, coach, I so appreciate you being here. Sarah, it's great to be with you. Thank you for the job that you do. And we're at your service. And most importantly, War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you have enjoyed today's show, be sure to head on over to your favorite podcasting platform to rate and review the show. And as always, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines. <laughs>